0: Here we go, episode 19 of the Hibs Ramble. I'm not just back because we've won. I was here after the Celtic game, so don't be throwing any accusations my way. I can also confirm that me and Mark are two separate people. However, Mark is not here this week because he's working late, so it's your original original band.
1: The original, the original two players. plus Sean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. Actually, sorry, Sean. All right, so it's myself, Liam, Thanks. and Sean. How we doing, boys? We all right? A good evening. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good evening. Good evening indeed. What a night. Unai Emery's back in the Premier League. Well, we don't care about that. Edinburgh Zoo care about what we done on Saturday, though, because we handed the Pandas an absolute pumping. Uh, Hibernian 3, St Mirren 0. Um, Liam, just before we talk about the game overall, what was your 3-0 fair reflection?
1: On the game, um, I think so. I don't feel that they had an awful lot of the ball. Never mind chances. I know they had a couple in the first half, but <clears throat> I think it's a fair reflection on the way that the game went. You know, we we edged it first half, and then kind of boss them second half, and I think that the scoreline reflected that accordingly.
0: Sean. The that was our, after the. Nonsense of the St Johnston game, and given how St Mirren were going in the league Saturday was all right. No, you didn't know. No, I think like a six-pointer. But with them in fourth, we effectively lost the game in hand on on everybody else due to the St Johnston result. Saturday was imperative that we picked up. Maybe not necessarily a good performance, but a good and convincing win.
2: Yeah, I think the most important thing was getting back to winning ways. Uh, I think it helps. Not only the support but it'll help the, the boys on the pitch and Lee Johnson the fact that we managed to get a clean sheet as well so um, and the fact that we were so solid or what I thought relatively solid at the back as well
0: uh, so it's uh, good good to be back. No I agree I mean the team so the, the team news was announced Lee Johnson decided to stick with the 3-5-2 the I think we were all kind of glad to see Nohan Kenna back in the team because as we've seen at various points this season, um, he's been a right catalyst for Joe Newell. And Sean, just again, Joe Newell on Saturday was, I thought, was different gravy at times. Um, what, what do you make it? Joe Newell's now on his like fourth Hibs manager, and he's went through these spells of being good, being it can being like a tampon in for one week, out for three, like not really good enough in terms of his performances, but he seems to be, he's the other way around now, he's maybe three, four decent performances on the shot before he has a blip. How much do you attribute Nohan Kenna's sign and then integration of the team into that?
2: I think that is um, pretty much the whole reason as to why we've seen the resurgence of him, and, can, and, and more from a consistency perspective, uh, I think like you said, four managers now. I've always been a big, big fan of Joe Neal since he arrived, and I've never really felt that we've had the right players or the right system to get the best out of him, Um, which is a shame on him, really. But I think it's key now, the way that not only we're playing, whether it's a two in the middle or a three in the middle of the park, as long as Noah Kenny's next to him, he just looks like a world-beater, and every performance is getting better and better, and it has been a lot more consistent from him even in the defeats that we've had in recent weeks he's been covering every single uh, part of that pitch every single grass as well I was trying to think of the word there Liam (laughs) Um, he's been covering every inch of the grass and it's good to see that he's getting that freedom as well and we always moan about a midfielder like not sticking in enough or you know fighting for the badge so uh, so to say but I think um John Ewell's certainly done that a lot, and I think a lot of that does come down to Noah Kenny and
0: the release that he gives him. No, you're right. Liam, have you noticed one thing that was picked up by John Ewell in the summer was that he, he knows himself that he maybe tries too hard at times. Like he was almost always coming to drop deep to get the ball off the defence and try to move it forward. Have you noticed him not doing that so much with Noah and Kenny being on the side and almost letting Kenny be the one to go and get the ball? and then give it to Newell in that 15, 20 yards further up the park where he can actually go and hurt teams?
1: Because you can't hurt teams picking up the ball on the edge of your own box. Yeah, absolutely. I think for Joe Newell, like Sean said, under the last <clears throat> sorry, couple of managers, he has been trying to play that 6 and 8 role, and sometimes a 6, 8 and 10 role at the same time. So I think with Noah and Kenny coming in, it frees him up really to do what he does best, and that is... You know, playing in that eight, that deep line playmaker sort of role and, and managed to you know, get the balls out wide and we saw it first hand on Saturday You know, just how much quality it does have it was like rolling back the years and seeing a prime Scotty Allen at times um, with Joe Neal and I think he's been great this season to be honest and I do feel, obviously a lot of it's down to Joe Neal, you can't just say it's all, it's all down to Noan Kenny coming in and being able to free him up but you know, Joe Neal has to have the quality, he's got to have the confidence and He's got an abundance this season, I think.
0: Uh, and I think the one, and it's an absolute travesty, because the one bit that sums it up better than most is that ball that he played uh, through for... It was gorgeous. Yeah, oh, my. Can, that's If Scott Allen makes that pass, that's on a YouTube highlight reel for years to come. He took out about four or five players at least. And the only frustrating thing is that he never released it a touch sooner. Because Chibaya had to check his run and come back, um, but I think Nico would have been offside anyway. Um, but we could, you know, what we'll talk about that when we t- we we'll talk about that, but specifically more when we get to VAR um, later on. But in terms of the the performance, I don't, I don't like we have said before we came on. We didn't really want to go through it blow by blow, player for player, because there's players right now that are turning out six, seven out of tens every week. Players like Chris Cadden. Um, Brian Porteous most weeks, Paul Hanlon etc. One player that isn't for me is Chabria. Now I'm not sure if either you agree or not but I felt when he came in when we looked at him we we got two plus three whatever it was two and a half to three million for Doig. And then we got Chebriah and it was very much a case of, I think Hibs have won a watch with us because he looked top quality when he first came in the door. Obviously, he's had to go through the the heartbreaking situation of losing his dad, um, you know, whilst living in a foreign country for the first time, trying to adapt. But, Sean, is he playing as you would expect him to right now? Or do you think there's... Not that to say that he's not giving his all, but do you think... For me, he's just not he's not the required level that we've seen when he first came in the door.
2: Yeah, I think there's been a real drop off in form from him. Um I've noticed, particularly the the week before the Celtic game and the week in the game since then. He's he's been very hesitant on the ball, maybe not wanting to try those forward passes as much. Um, sometimes trying a little bit too hard as well. Um and I think that's came at the detriment of his game, whereas now We've seen a lot of his passes go backwards instead of maybe into the middle of the park into Joe Newell or Noah Kenny or whoever's playing in the 10 at, at that point. Um, prior to our run of defeats, I thought he was doing really well and he'd been really solid. Um, yes, he got caught out a couple of times, but was, it never really came at a cost because we were keeping clean sheets at the time. But now, I think because a mixture of his drop in form, maybe a loss of confidence, and the fact that he's maybe trying too hard, um, he maybe just needs to tone it down a wee bit, and, and that maybe might bring him back to to where he needs to be, but he's he's really, really frustrated me at the moment. Um, with his passes too many backwards, his crosses most of the time aren't great, and his positioning defensively has been very poor as well, especially the last three or four weeks, and like I said, I think that coincides with a, lo- a la- um a lack of form and, and confidence as well. Yeah, I think it's be-
1: worse when it's a back four, though. I don't think when it's a back five, him not being great is particularly offensive, to be honest. I, yeah, think I don't
2: that, think. Yeah. Might, that might might have led to to us going to the three-five-two. Johnson, for all we know, might have identified it as well. If you have a look at Celtic away, when we had originally had the back four before we ended up going to the back five. A lot of our, our, our poor positioning did come from the fullback area, um, so that might have actually been the catalyst to Johnson changing it to the, the three as well, yeah. because then it, should, it does free up Caden and Toberia to what should go forward more. Um, but I think maybe from a defensive perspective, he's wanting to, you know, just tighten up a wee bit because what was it? Was it Three defeats in a row. Yeah. So you, at that point, you just kind of want to do what you can to stop it and then get a clean sheet again we've now got the clean
0: sheet again so using the three at the back is is something to build on yeah Liam you're the you sit in the west stand you're in quite a good area I mean we're on we're on kind of the same side of the pitch but you're more at sort of ground level than I am and you see Chibriar like first hand practically right in front of you to me, if we to it, he seems very, very hesitant, especially, well, obviously we see it more so in the second half than the first, but he seems very hesitant on the ball, like Sean said, and when he's in that final, he seems, one, hesitant to go past the halfway line at times, and two, when he does go past the halfway line, he's crossing is wayward, to say the least, like the amount of times he's had in the past few weeks where he's had a chance to, you know, take a touch and set himself and he fires it almost over the other side for a for a throw-in or he's beating the, you know, he's hitting the first man. Do you see, for where you sit, do you see a difference in how he plays, more so in the second half?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's his crossing has always been a little bit hit or miss yeah, from his, you know, from even his debut up at St Johnston. You know, there's a couple of balls that he put in across uh, early in the season, that were beautiful, and no one was on the end of them. And there's been times where you know we could have been Rob Jones standing on Rob Jones's shoulders, and he still wouldn't have got to it. Yeah. Um, to be honest, mate, I I think it's just he he has dropped off form, but I think he's absolutely desperate to get back into form again. And he's thinking about everything too much. He's trying a bit too hard. I mean, it's, as daft as that sounds, oh you're trying too hard. Everyone wants our footballers to try hard, but right. you know what I mean. Like he's he's doing things that he wouldn't normally do because he just wants to get back into that stride of performing well. I've got absolutely no doubt that he'll come back and um, he'll be playing like he, how he was playing at the start of the season again. We just need to get behind him. And yeah, he never had a great game on Saturday, or you know he's not had a great game for the last few games. But you know he'll, we can we can have a good player in there. Eh? We've seen it. We've seen enough. We've seen enough of them to know that there's a, a good player in there.
0: Exactly. Talking of trying too hard, um, there's so one man's, you know, because apologies for any background noise. As you know, it's Halloween. Um, my significant other is downstairs hosting a kids Halloween party. The door's gone rapidly. We burns it, guys, and so we chose a perfect time to record a podcast.
1: That-
0: um, but. Somebody, you know, talking is trying too hard. Somebody who benefits in that is Ewan Henderson, obviously, because Kyle McGuinness was suspended. Now, I didn't make it to on Saturday, so I watched on Hibs TV. And to say that Stuart Lovell wasn't a fan of Ewan Henderson would be an understatement. Um, I like to think that when we talk about football, we're three jobbers who've never been, you know, at that. At that level so we just we go by what we've seen over the years where there's somebody like stuart Lovell's lived it breathed it and he was scathing at ewan henderson things like trying too hard tries the hollywood ball every time he tries to do everything first time he tries to make everything look good do you agree with that sean do you think you and will would be more suited to maybe just trying to simplify things just a wee bit I would disagree with Shortlevel's last point,
2: um, but I would incline to agree with the rest of it. I, like many that know me, will know that I'm a massive Henderson family fan, never mind just Ewan. Um, And I am a big fan of of Ewan as well. I don't think people might wonder why that is because he's not really done it in a hip shirt. But I think from what I've seen... Looking at it from a coaching perspective and a a footballing perspective instead of a fan, I feel like there's a lot of ability there. I think a lot of it just needs to be nurtured a wee bit more. Um, I think the goal that he scores does save his performance and probably, like Liam said in the chat, will probably keep him in the team. And I think that's maybe what he needs. He definitely does need a run of games. But what I love about him is that regardless of how poor a game he's having or how many times something doesn't come off, He's Doesn't the first he person. Yeah, he's the first person to want to get on the ball. He'll drop deep. He'll he'll play simple passes, one twos, as you have seen for was it the second goal or the third goal? The the, the move that he done with uh He scored that, the third goal. That, that that Sorry, the second goal. That, that was a stunning little move. Um, and throughout the first half and the second half, he was finding himself all over the shop. He had that great chance when he was one on one when Martin Boyle played him through his head could have went down there, he had another shot in the second half, head could have went down there, but he was finding himself in so much space all the time. And I think loads of people were quick online to criticise him, and rightly so, because a lot of the stuff that he was doing once he was in the space wasn't good enough. But he does have that ability to find those kind of passes, whether it is short or long. And I feel the fact that he's always confident enough to get on the ball, and dig deep, whether it be in the final third or or our own half, he's more than capable of of always getting on the ball, finding the right man. And I think with our running games and our running confidence, I think that will only help him and the club.
1: Sean, sure, yeah. you say that you say that on Saturday he gets into those pockets and into those holes, gets on the ball, and it's like he does the hard bit. And then yeah. it was his final ball that was letting him down. Let's no beat around the bush. He didn't have a, a great game apart from the assist and the goal on Saturday. He, he really didn't. I thought that he was very, very poor first half. Um, <clears throat> but then, you know, like we said, he doesn't hide. He gets on the ball. He tries to make things happen. And whether he's, it's coming off or not, he, he, he just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And I feel like Stuart Lovell going in on him, being a representative of the club, is a bit, is a bit much, to be honest, because I watched it from home as well. Um, and I did think that Stuart Lovell's analysis, although would have been fair for someone like you, know, you or I to to comment on, I feel like someone who's representing the club at a, like on club TV going in on a player like that is a is just a bit off.
0: I think it came for a place, though. Where he, I think he expects more, and I think he was. Whilst I think that some of the stuff that he said maybe it towed the line on whether it was constructive or not, I do think it comes from an area of knowing that Henderson can be better than that. Like, I agree with you, Liam, I thought he was poor in the first half. Um, but then you, you, you take two instances, I suppose. So, the Sean, the shot that you referenced, I think the second one, where he's almost in an identical area to where he scores and he lashes it over the bar. Yeah. He just he, he hits it full pelt when he doesn't need to hit it full pelt. And then that the, his goal, he takes it really well because he just he almost walks onto it. And instead you of like him, a lot of Omiyongu's goal. Yeah, yeah. Instead of lacing it, he just opens his body up and just almost passes it. Um, at the top corner. But uh, interesting to you say about how you know the the coaching aspect of it and looking at it from, you know, because we've heard a lot about Lee Johnson and Jamie McAllister and how they can you know, what their their own track record is like in tell in terms of developing players. Um you know, Adam Ones has got a good background in that as well, having been head of youth development, I think, at Lech Poznan. And I suppose one player that Henderson can look to as inspiration would be Rocky Bushiri. Yeah. Now I think it's safe to say that Rocky's signing in the summer was a shit show from from all involved. Um, you know the the whole thanking him for his service um which indicates he was going back to his parent club to then the announcement which basically said we didn't want to sign him we were practically forced to sign him Um Lee Johnson made reference to him when he came in about how he was maybe a thousand hours I think was it maybe a th- maybe a thousand hours behind where he should be in terms of development and whatnot and then his comments after the game on Saturday where he says tongue-in-cheek that but I think you know he was quite quite honest about it when he came in Rocky was one of the first that he would be happy to see out the door now I mean you could argue he's one of the most one of the first names on the team sheet given that he's since he's been back for injury I think we've Maybe necess- you know. We maybe needed to move to a three anyway, but we've done that to accommodate Rocky and not to accommodate anyone else. Um, and I think it says a lot as well when a defender, a centre half, gets man of the match in a game where the opposition didn't really threaten. That's another thing that Stuart Lovell was pissed off about. Yeah, cause, but to be fair, I get it because Newell was Newell was integral in the attacking play, of the win, but Rocky was just as important. For the defensive aspect, um, you know, you look for me on when you, on form at the moment, based on the whole season, you'd have to say that Rocky's first choice, and then it's between Porteous and Hanlon as to who plays alongside them if we went to a four. Which three months ago you couldn't imagine anybody saying. Um, yeah,
2: I, I completely agree with that. I, I think on, on form this season, Rocky's been by far our best defend not never not just centre half, our best defender overall, and. I completely agree with what you just said. First time on the team sheet for me from the back line.
1: I can't, I can't believe, and I really can't wrap my head around how Rocky Bushiri last season and Rocky Bushiri this season is the same player. I, I, I don't get it. Just, it just shows you how much uh,
2: a, a slight injury can affect a player mentally and physically, and what a wee bit of coaching can do. A wee bit of the right coaching as well. um,
1: He's he's been brilliant. He really has. He got a a very,
0: very, very hard drop last season. He was almost one of the boys that was was picked on because we had a horrendous January onwards. Um, I mean, I I do still think there is bits that need ironed out. Like there was a a, the shot from a younger in the first half that Marshall saved. But Rocky shows him on his weak side, but he does brilliant to do so. But then he just plant. He just he, he completely plants his feet. Yeah, and he when he does that, his body's in a set position. So as soon as a younger goes to shift, Rocky can he move. So I think there's there's wee things like that. There was also a bit. But I still think he's a bit too laxadaisical and going for the ball. You know, it's almost he gets to like that final five ten yards and thinks, oh, a better I better move to get it. But no, I don't. I I struggle to remember a Hibbs player having such excuse me, such a turnaround in such a short space of time. Like I say, given that as, when he was signed, folk wanted him. They a, wanted him. You know, to the point where he was, whether this happened or not, Ken messaging Ben Kenzel asking, why do the fans hate me? Well,
1: I'll tell, uh, tell you one thing. See, after that, Mark was in the Albion on, on Saturday and uh, when Rocky walked through to, to leave, he got a standing ovation from everyone in the Albion. Yeah. So, I mean... He's everyone's old. everyone's opinion on Rocky Bushiri I, I, I mean, every single fan. I, I don't know anyone last season who would have who would have thought, oh, he's he's going to be a really good player, or he is one of our best players. Honestly, I don't know anyone who would have said that. But it seems like everyone now is in unison. We just all fucking love Rocky, man.
2: I think um, it it reminds me a lot of all all the other players that we have in our squad that are very young and very raw talent, like, like from a talent perspective. Um, as as stupid as it might sound like when when we brought him in I think there's a couple of his first couple of games I said to one of my mates like he's so poor but if he's coached properly he could be really really good because there's a lot there was even back then a lot of attributes that you could see that if again nurtured properly and coached properly that he could be a really good player I'm not saying he's anywhere near the finished article but like I said earlier on, it just goes to show what a, just even just a little bit of good coaching in a short period of time does for a player, along with being injury-free and a bit of confidence. Uh, some, of, some of his reading of the ball, especially in the second half, some of his last-ditch tackles, uh, just was unbelievable. Honestly, it was I think for me, because I was so delighted for him to be man of the match and why I really really wanted him to be man of the match was because of everything else that he's had to deal with whereas at least Joe Newell is consistently starting to perform like that whereas for me that is one of the best defensive performances that I can remember and especially under Johnson's tenure anyway at centre half he was just that good and I think he needed a man of the match performance as well just just to do him the world of good
0: yeah, I think
1: ten a... million is far too far too low. Cheap. I think we should be asking for you know 100. ten times that. Here's a quick devil's advocate question for you, right?
0: Just a quick answer. Does the emergency of Rocky this season potentially soften the blow if Porteous doesn't sign a new contract? Mm, no. Nah, I think
2: because Porteous is loved by pretty much everyone, even though as silly as it is to say, because of how well Porteous done on his Scotland debut, he's actually been off off it. In comparison to other seasons, um, if Rocky's been this good, it just shows. It just goes to show how, how well he's improved. Considering people are, like you said earlier on, Craig, first name on the team sheet ahead of players like Ryan Porteous, but nah, I think it would. It just certainly would not soften the blow, especially if he was to leave in
0: January. Sure, Sean. That was the absolute opposite. Of a quick fire question. I
1: know that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Here's me going no, and, and Sean gives you a fucking five minute answer.
0: And then we'll save the best for last for Saturday. Um, Miko, Mikola Mikola Kukarabic, or I'm even going to try and say it the way Barry tries to absolutely. I think it's Kukarabic. It's not. I'll, I'll, just,
1: I'll
0: just to stick it. to Kucic. I'll, I'll stick I'll, to Miko. I prefer Miko as well. Big Mac. But what a proper centre half eh, centre half centre forward performance that was. Um epitomized with his goal. I thought his his goal was absolutely excellent, the way that he's bullied Gogic to bits. He's basically won a ball, he was always second best to win, and then managed to
1: finish it. I mean Ragdoll and Alex Gogic, isn't he? Isn't he something that's that's easy, to be honest? I mean, the, the guy's an absolute man-mountain. And Kukarevich has ragdolled him about as if, you know, he's a wee boy.
2: What what, what a cut, like, a wee touch. And bully bullion was, was, honestly, so pleasing to see because you see something like that and you're thinking, oh, no, nah, here we go. Is ref's going to give a foul. And I love the fact that the ref just let it play out because I think... Maybe a couple of years ago I think a foul would have maybe been given for that but I think with having VAR now as well, it gives the referees a chance to let things run a wee bit longer and see how things play out and then yeah. can maybe pull it back. Um, I, know we've I think that's going to be a positive. It, but I completely agree. I, I, think, I know I've already touched on it but the play leading up to it as well was absolutely sublime and I think it, it it's great that it was involving the three players that I feel, from an attacking perspective, needed it the most. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the match that Henderson was having, because Melkerson was back on the pitch for the first time in a long time, he needed that as well. That we run it play, and then obviously Coochie needed the goal as well. So um, I think just the whole, the whole thing surrounding that goal was tremendous for everyone involved. Couldn't couldn't he be happier for the three of
1: them? I tell you what, what a finish as well. You know, when yeah. a when a big lad comes in. You you think that well I think I said it last week he's he's been brought in to score heaters. but that is a that is a sublime finish and I don't know what uh, foots his strong foot but you know if, if his left foots his weaker foot then it's it's an absolutely bloody gorgeous finish it's a ten from me to be honest
0: I uh, know it was a great finish and it goes to sh- I think you can see that he's been brought up in that sort of French academy. Set up because obviously we were at the under 19s game last week, and the the North's team were the were fucking units, like absolute units, all of them, and technically very good in the ball as well. And I think that's you see the same as Kukarevich as well. Um, you know he's got that sort of continental coaching that's really brought on his technique. He's got a wee bit of flair. He's
2: got a wee bit of swagger about him as well. I think although it was on his left foot, the, the finish reminded me a lot of like, Thierry Henry finishes where he just opens up the body, curls it into the corner and stuff like that as well. So High
1: praise, that's high well, praise, Sean.
2: He does come from a French academy, so that's probably the types of players that they're going to be watching and growing up watching as well. So,
1: People uh, love va va yeah,
2: uh, If he's a 10th to that player, I'll be a happy man.
0: Exactly. So, 3-0, I think we said at the start, it was uh, probably a fair... With, I don't think some of offered anything during the game they had a couple of half chances but nothing major i mean they're i think out of the 12 games they somehow managed to have seven at home and they've been very very strong at home so that's where they find themselves you know sitting fourth or they might be down to fifth now i'm not sure in the league um but big big game on saturday uh, sorry friday Friday. if you're going going on saturday you've got to miss it um uh, down the slope like down the slope said earlier on but Massive game, I think. Probably the biggest game of the season so far. Um, you know, in terms of... I don't think there's many tougher teams to go and play at home in the league right now than Aberdeen. Um, they're, I think they're second-best scorers after Celtic at home. They scored 17 goals. They've only conceded five. Um, Liam, it's going to be... A, it's a, for me, anyway, I think it's going to be a tough game up there because our, our record at Pataudry as it is, is absolutely fucking honking.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if we had a good record, I think going to play Aberdeen at Pataudry now would be a tough task. They have been on form. Um, they've been scoring goals and, you know, Jim Goodwin is back on the sidelines. I don't know how that's fucking happened, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think it will be a, a very tough ask for us, but after, you know, a a good, a good win, really, um Against St Mirren, uh, I think the players will be full with with confidence and I don't think there's any reason why we can't go there, turn on the style and hopefully get a result. And I I really hope we get a result because I'm staying over in Aberdeen and I really want to have a good night out.
0: Sean, do you see us going their balls out? Or do you see us... Because Goodwin... um suffered a bad loss at the weekend because he said during the week that Rangers were, were toiling and he was going to go there and attack them. He's went there and attacked them and they've been like what happened to us at Celtic Park. They were sliced open. There was, uh, they were torn to pieces, I think. He was and there were torn to pieces time and time and time again. It was four going on. Four. Aye, um, But do you, because Aberdeen, the Aberdeen fans are what reaction to that? Good when I want a reaction to that. Can we use that to an advantage? Can we? I think as long as we keep Miowski quiet, do we just soak it, soak it, soak it, and then try and use Boyle and Miko's pace, supplemented with Caden, Shibaya, Henderson, maybe in the hole behind them, to pick them apart on the counter.
2: I don't think um, Johnson will change his style. I think I think from an attacking perspective, he'll continue to do what he's doing. I think he'll definitely learn from the Celtic defeat and he won't do something like that against Celtic and Rangers away. But I think Aberdeen away, I think he'll stick with the the same shape. Um, And I think having the three at the back away to a team like Aberdeen will be exactly what we need um, to stop, you know, Aberdeen in attack. Um, But it'll definitely give us the right options going forward as well. We'll still have the two strikers, the one in the hole, and then hopefully the full-backs can still get up and and assist where needed. Um, You're right. Aberdeen will want, ah, Aberdeen fans will want a reaction. The, the club will want a reaction as well. Um, hopefully, obviously, that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, you, you were also right. It was four-one going on about eight or nine, and Jim Goodwin did get a hard time on all forms of social media and on the radio and stuff like that as well. So, um, hopefully, it's he uh, it takes another pumping this this weekend.
1: But I oh, would love it. I don't think there's anything to fear. And, no. and it will be a tough task, but there's absolutely nothing to fear. <clears throat> We've just come off eh, the back of dusting them three one at Easter Road. I they had a man sent off, but you know, we absolutely dusted them. So
0: the the Hibs can only win against ten men crowd have went quiet after Saturday as well. Yeah, well. It is what it is. Um I've just realised in terms of talking about Boyle and Miko up front, possibly Boyle obviously came off on Saturday. Um thankfully it's no his knee. Um, Johnson confirmed it was just above, uh, just below the knee, so maybe just the top of his shin.
1: Do we know how, like, if he's going to be out?
0: I, don't, I, I, I think they're probably going to keep it quiet because I think they said that he's going to get a check on it. But it's not as, as bad as it was feared. If Boyle does indeed miss out, Sean, do we stick to the same formation? And if so, who do we bring in to, to play alongside Miko up front? For me, the the natural choice would be, uh, McCurdy if he's fit. However, he might not be the flavour of the month with Hibbs staff and fans alike. We'll talk about that after, but just more about who would be the... For me, it's McCurdy if he's fit, but I think you'd probably lean to to Melkerson.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you've definitely picked up on my loving for the Norwegian. Um, I think if Boyle isn't able to start, I think it is a great opportunity for whoever steps in, whether it be you and up front, McCurdy or, or Melkerson. I think all three of us would have a different answer. Liam, you would obviously have, well, you'd obviously want McCurdy, but I think you'd maybe go McCurdy and I think I'd go Melkerson. So I think that alone just goes to show the potential strength in our squad that the three of us can't agree on who would be maybe a backup to Boyle as well. Um, my concern with Boyle even, Starting would be that if he isn't 100%, he might not give 100%. As, as terrible as that is, but we all know what's coming up. If he's just picked up a
0: knock, he's not going to want to aggravate it any further. um I well, think as much as as much as the club football comes first, I think there's a bit of me that would be that's kind of sympathetic towards him in the case of can how many chance like this is what is his 29 coming up 30? So it'll, be only, it'll be his only World Cup in my only match, in to play A World Cup and. Given you want he, him to. You want him to be there. Yeah, given, what, given what Boyle's offered to Hibbs over the past seven, eight years of his career, um, I think it's fair. I yeah, and him. I think the good thing is as well is that we've got. I mean, he's not been great recently. Let's be honest. He's, and we've got the options now, like you say, with Johan, Melkerson, uh, McCurdy as well.
1: So it'd be different if we never had those options.
0: It would yeah, be. Yeah. We need to play Boyle. I think, um,
1: I think
2: because of the way that Johnson changed it on Saturday and he went, like he could have easily just chucked Yuan on up top because of how, how many games Yuan's already played, albeit out wide. I think that would have been the easy change for him to make and that's the change I thought he was going to make. Um, but the fact that he went with Melkerson um, and how considerably well he done up top um, with Kukurevich as well, I think the two of them could strike up a bit of partnership or could work well. Um, but that goes to say that it could also work for the other two as well. But for me, I would like to see Melkerson get a run of games if Boyle has uh,
0: picked up a knock. Yep, yeah, I think Johnson's a massive fan, um, a massive fan of Melkerson based on what he said during the summer. And like you say, they bringing him on as early as he did on Saturday as well because we'd obviously we'd seen him we'd messaged in the chat about him at Celtic Park and uh, the St Johnston game how he was warming up with the squad Yeah. and um, you didn't really see that for injured players so often so it's maybe just a thing for Johnson to keep him involved and then also it's a thing from Melkerson as well to say no aye, aye, I'll i do it shows how how much he wants to be in the side um, I don't think
1: you can doubt anything from that side for from Elias Melkerson. I think his heart and soul is 100% and he, he
0: loves like the fucking high bees, doesn't he? He really does. Loves it. There's um, we'll not do predictions. We'll do the predictions later on in the week um, when Sean does his PMT. PMT stands for pre-match tweet.
1: Can we not do our predictions now anyway? No. We Always do our predictions.
0: No. Because it's Monday. Four three halves. It's Four Monday. Halves. Don't know how the team's gonna. I'm not listening to you. Four three. I'm not listening.
1: I'm not
0: listening. Portugal Portugal will score in um, the Just just as an aside, going back to the going back to Saturday's game, just for a second. Um, so we were at, we were all at the under 19s game last week. Me and Sean were in with the bands with uh, we block seven. Me and Sean have also said that we're never ever doing that again because ears are still ringing. Ears are still ringing. I couldn't see half the game because there'd be a lad in front of me with a flag that was at least 80 times his body size. Um, Sean, I think, almost got leathered in the face by a flag as well.
1: You're too old for that, now, mate. That's
0: what it is. Yep, and obviously on Saturday, Murray Aiken made the bench. I thought Murray Aiken was outstanding for the 19s at Easter Road a couple of weeks. Uh, Easter Road last week, sorry. Is it disappointing given that we were comfortable at three nothing that he never got on, Liam? Because when it's- when he done his pre-match interview, um, it was mentioned about Murray being on the bench, and he said that if the game was going well. That he'd hopefully get some minutes. So, is it disappointing that he decided to bring on like Will Fish, for example, and not Murray Aiken?
1: Yeah, it's it's very disappointing for me because when I heard them talking in his in his pre-match, then you know I I, I fully thought that that Murray would have got some minutes, and then, and then you know when we go three 0 up, you're thinking you know, oh here's the chance. So it, it is it is disappointing, and I'm sure that that Murray will be disappointed as well. But you know. At the end of the day, it's, it's Lee Johnson's decision. He'll get minutes at some point. He's been involved in a couple of squads now, isn't he? So...
0: He got his debut at the end of last season.
1: Yeah, so he'll... he'll... Yeah, I think Jacob
0: Blaney yes. played a few minutes uh, in the League Cup group stage. So, yeah. you just, um,
2: so you're just touching on the, the Will Fish comment there, Craig, is Portrish suspended? I, and the, the, the only reason I ask that is because I know that the yellow card he got was stupid and it wasn't a yellow card in my opinion. But even by Ryan's levels of anger, it, he seemed overly angry at the yellow card. And then as soon as that yellow card's given, within about five or ten minutes, Will Fish is on replaced by, you know, well, Will, Will Fish is on four so that then led me to believe not only by ryan's reaction that he was suspended that then johnson's then prepping for a back three with fish as the right day well, well how, so many,
0: I'm, how many i'm gonna go, go by my own football manager knowledge right and this, so this could be miles off but if you get booked for an uh, accumulation of cards yeah suspension doesn't start for another like week or two okay and i think that so that's
1: that's why McCurdy was able to play against Kilmarnock and then suspended against yeah. Aberdeen, eh?
0: I think so. So there's the, the accumulation of yellow cards as the ban starts, I think it's maybe two weeks from the date of the like suspending card being given. Right. Um, I know he'll want to know what Fish is like in a back free anyway,
2: and I, I know it's more of a, a, a preparation thing in case Port or Hanlon or Rocky pick up a knock but it was just the way that Ryan seemed overly angry even by his standards and then pretty much straight away Will Fish is on and I thought Murray Aitken would have been the next for, mm. for me it would have been the right next sub to make and um, but obviously as soon as that yellow card's made that's why I thought I don't know no it's a good first. point so, well,
0: someone,
2: someone will reply and let us know maybe
0: JD will yeah, know uh, so Moving on to something that wasn't going to be talked about but now is going to be talked about uh, that happened last night in the fabulous world of social media. Um Harry McCurdy has been ruffling some feathers with his activity on Instagram. So Swindon no. I think Swindon put something up about the result of the weekend. Um a Swindon fans tagged Harry McCurdy on it saying time to come back. And McCurdy's replied, "Not wrong." He's then uploaded a photo to his story of him doing the arrow celebration and a Swindon top. Deleted it, put up a photo of him in porchess, and then put up a photo of him. And a hibs kept being like, "Oh no!" And there's a couple. Of, I've seen a couple of ramblers in the comments um, getting none too happy with um, with Harry McCurdy. Liam, where do you stand on it? I know that week in week out you stand and do the arrow to him and he patches you
2: <laughs> see okay. see liam right see before you answer this right so i was i was sleeping by the time all this happened my phone was gone so by the time i woke up said picture was was deleted so liam when i saw your comment in the group chat being like oh mccurdy's at it" or whatever it was you said so i looked at his story straight away. And like you said, Craig, the first one is him and Porches, and it says Big P, right? And you you know where this is going. And then the second picture is him like that. I'm thinking, like, is he hinting towards the size of Ryan Porches' penis? Or, like, what's going on? Like, that is (laughs) genuine. That's honestly where I thought it went, purely because of the first picture of him and Porches and the caption. And I didn't see anything else, because obviously the other one was. But lo and behold, I obviously went on social media and... So, all but yeah, Liam, I'll, I'll let you answer Craig's question.
0: I had to get that in. Lad is right. This is now uh, Harry McCurdy is now the second, but in the time that I've known Liam, the second big name signing that Liam has wholeheartedly <laughs> thrown his significantly large weight behind. <laughs> um, Who's the first one? The first one being the Owl
1: Seeker. I'm USA, the money badger.
0: Ah, oh,
2: so he's
1: not. So he's not got a good track record, then. No. So Listen, I yeah, hold. That's, I hold to this day that if Chris Mueller was given time, he'd be a player for Hibs. I tell you that for absolutely nothing.
0: I disagree partly on the fact that he was absolutely lightweight and shite. But um,
1: are <laughs> either of yous overly arsed about what he's done? I'm going to jump in here, Sean. And nah no for me don't I don't really care to be honest what what he's put on social media we knew what the character was like before we signed him and now you know he's he's playing up to you know people who like him and Hibs fans have got a little bit touchy and uh, and whether that's because he like hasn't them. eh,
2: not like them Hibs fans Yeah
1: and I think him. if that's just because you know maybe he's not hit the heights that we expected or for whatever reason they've they've kind of turned on them and i think that it was a pretty knee-jerk reaction a lot of people going oh, i'll drive him down to swindon for nothing. i've seen
2: people selling his tops already i mean Twitter.
1: come There's, on eh it's, come on see, it's for,
0: it's like, see like, the same folk that Wanted Ian Gordon hanging from a noose outside Easter Road, right, on deadline day, if McCurdy's signing wasn't done after one start in about 200 minutes, 250 minutes combined, are now wanting him slung back down the road to Swindon.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, It's just very, very needy. I think it's... It's very Hibs. Uh, but it's daft on McCurdy's part. It's daft on McCurdy's part, but then... Because he's, yeah. he's done, he's done jack. Even in his limited minutes, he's done jack shit. But get booked.
1: Like no one's, no one's cared when he's put on the end of his uh, Instagram posts up to Chelsea and talking about Chelsea. That's completely and that's different.
2: I think I, that's, that's completely different. I think for me, I don't really care neither here nor there about it. Is it a silly thing for him to put put on social media? Absolutely. Um, is he asking for trouble? with the comment that that he's made, yes. Is it off the cuff by his standards? Yes, it is. Um, Are Hibs fans too sensitive and jump on everything that they can to criticise any player at any opportunity? Absolutely, because there's far too many twats out there. But at the same time, you need to understand that the personality, that will have just been an off the cuff comment for him. But at the same time, it'll be a, a lot of built-up frustration on his side that it's not going to plan by his standards in his head that he's not played as many minutes, he's not had as many chances and he's not scored any goals. So I think it's maybe accumulation of, of all of those factors and the fact that, I mean, he's not even young. I wouldn't even class him as a young footballer because you've got players like Melkerson and you know, Yuan that are younger than him. His age is been me. He's yeah. 25. So I mean, he acts. He acts like you
0: anyway. Fucking some paper runs you for only twenty five.
2: But I, ju- I just think it's accumulation of all those things. Built up frustration from him, anger that he's maybe not getting the chances that he's he maybe feels he deserves. On top of the fact that he's maybe picked up a knock, he'll see his teammate, his ex-teammates doing well down south, and maybe you know wonder what could have been. Um, I think he just needs to knuckle down. People need to calm down and give the lad a chance. The jury's still out for him. I'm not his biggest fan anyway, and I don't think he, he will have what it takes to cut out Hibs, and I hope he proves me wrong, but, um, yeah, it's a bit knee-jerk by certain by individuals. Oh, mate, I'm is, not surprised, considering who those individuals were and the ages of them.
1: Mate, it's completely knee-jerk. I mean, it's not like he's came out on an Instagram post and said, I fucking hate Hibs, and I love Hearts. You know, he's reminiscing about the good times at Swindon when he was playing games and scoring goals. I think, like you say, it's an off-the-cuff remark. I don't think he's meant any offence to or any disrespect to Hibs by it. I don't think he's meant that and, and I think that people have taken offence and disrespect to it. And yeah. You can understand to an extent that, but I mean... Not, all the,
2: the, not to the extent some people have taken it to and, yeah, and I think i, I mean, swiftly forgotten if he bags in the winner away at Aberdeen, so
1: Exactly.
2: Hopefully, hopefully he does do that. I hope he does come on and I hope he does prove me wrong. I hope he does have the ability to, to do it. The only reason the jury's out for me is because he has only really had one good season um, and we don't have too much previous from bringing quality strikers up from down south. So, um, But like I said, he'll be swiftly forgotten about once he bags a couple of goals and gets a run of games, something that he's not done either of at the moment.
1: Exactly, you know, once he once he gets that arrow celebration, it all will be all will be forgiven. If
2: we shooting the heads fans, love it.
1: <laughs> Quite right. Hopefully Friday
0: night. So we'll move on to our favourite point, our favourite part of the pod, which is that we're going to need to do like a, a jingle for this, like we've got for the Premiership for the questions.
1: Because it's so quest- funny that you actually talk about the Premiership because I'm sure Sean's got a score for the Premiership this week.
2: That that I do, yes, that I do, Um and I'll allow Liam to insert the jingle here.
1: Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Uh,
2: so my score for the pie Let me fi- let me find it because I honestly I sent it in the chat. I'd actually like to go on record, and Craig will back me up on this one. The pie that we had at the the youth game midweek was absolutely tremendous. It was, yeah, it was
0: really, ar- really
2: really good. I
0: think and mine I was, tasted better because it was free.
2: Well, mine, mine's maybe tasted better because it was discounted since we were season ticket holders. You know, um, <laughs> what can say? Se- <laughs> this sounds really bad, right? I can't believe I'm talking about a pie like this. What concerned me about the pie that we had midweek is I felt it was too good and I felt because it was midweek and it wasn't rushed by the catering
0: staff that I thought that's maybe why it was as good as it was. So I added when we spoke about this, so the, I was going to do my review and the pie I had was absolutely rotten, like it was disgusting. So I decided not to do it and I would give give with another chance. We then arrive at the under-19s game and the pie I had could not have been better. Like if I was to say it could have been better in one area, I'd have been incredibly picky and incredibly Tory-like, and that is not me. So I've had a horrible one and I've had a great one. Saturday was going to be my leveler to see where it would fit. Um, so we're still awaiting my. I'm
1: giving them every chance. Like you I'm did trying... say that you would give. You did say that you would give it until before the World Cup. So got one more You got, got one more game.
2: Yeah, I think for for the one that I had, I think the major factor in in the score is purely because it was prime match day and it was b- just before half time. So I feel, from a catering perspective, the pie might have been rushed. It might have also
0: actually maybe been sitting there a little bit too long as well. Who knows? Your first um, one just before half time. Get it before the game. Uh well. But listen, uh, listen, you're. You we move on. Right? We move on to the score. Get the scores
2: to
1: it. Come on.
2: Uh, so Liam sent me the, the categories earlier on. Um temperature, filling, pastry, and value for cash. Uh temperature, very, very impressed. Um give it a four.
1: How do you like it? Do you like it like me and Craig like it? It's like kinda lukewarm or do you like it really hot? I do not want
2: it piping. I I want it I want it to to melt in my mouth. I want it to be nice and nice and moist, a good right. temperature in the mouth, um, nice
0: and warm. So, what about the pie? <laughs> yeah. well, he's oh,
1: gone he's out. gone. He's gone. He's he's fucked it. He's absolutely shut out of a. Uh, I am a pie score here.
0: I, for one, am absolutely sick. Of Sean
1: Coggins. The play. anticipation. Oh,
2: oh,
0: here
1: he comes! He's back. Oh, he's, he's back. am frozen. frozen. I'm frozen. Yeah, yeah, you're frozen. Right. Wait a minute. Oh well, well, well we're waiting on Sean coming back, Craig. How was the rest of your weekend? Right. So, I'm, I'm back. back.
2: I'm, I'm back. back. What he's on about? Oh, now, you you're,
1: about you're
0: still frozen. Still frozen. Well, at least that yeah. wasn't like the pie. Put it that way. Oh, just, just while we're talking about pies, right? So I was down in the air yesterday playing for my. My team, and on the way back up, we came across a local spa and local spa had Kelly pies cooking away Ooh. in their wee oven, and I have to say, it was Terry Mendes. Was that? Yep, it was Terry Mendes.
1: Absolutely beautiful things you love to see. I mean, I get the the Kelly pies from Aldi's. Yeah, Brownings ones. Yeah, they do them in Aldi's. Yeah. No, very, very good. Sean, you're back now. Thank the heavens above. What yeah. on earth have you <laughs> yeah, scored this pie? I've been uh, um,
0: waiting for this pie review like this. I've been waiting for this all day because I know that he's going to be really quick with his scores and his reasonings for the scores as well. Not, not here's like here's me. hoping, man. I've got to work them on.
2: Not like me. Uh, yeah, temperature, <laughs> temperature four. Easy peasy. Um, fill in was a two. Too dry. Not moist enough, not runny enough. Um, what a bit about too, the pie? A bit too <laughs> chewy. Um, pastry, two, and I feel like a two is being generous. It was burnt. It was still edible. Did uh, it, it stick to, to the sex. occasion? No, I, I managed to get it out, um, but it was burnt. So it's mm. not good enough, a bit hard. Um, okay. Value right. for me. But technically, I should probably give it a five for value for money because I didn't purchase it with my own funds; it got bought for me. That this uh, is
1: that that's not the way the scoring works.
2: Yeah, it is. No, is. you can't
0: give, give it value for money if you didn't use your own money to buy it. That's no, why I couldn't take the pie from the under nineteens game. No, because I'm still pie. counting
1: it. Still counting it. No, you you need to because the Easter egg pies are three pound eighty-five. I know that well. That's I know the price points well. It. It's far too much. I've gone, I've gone through before about you know the the cost of living and the cost of pies. But uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to know that, then listen back through the podcast. And I've I've got a whole spiel about how much a pie should be and all that. I so was what's, what's your it, overall I was, score?
2: I was giving it a two for value for money, which gives it an overall ten. Which in hindsight, I feel like that's maybe a bit too high, but. When you break it down, I feel like it's fair.
1: Well it's lower than mine. Middle of the road pie. Sounds like a middle of the road pie. i you know, I've definitely had worse than Easter Road.
0: Aye, it sounds like we've been definitely let down for Wednesday. But anyway, on to the most important part of the podcast, which is the questions. Now the first one's coming from so we've went get your question in for today's podcast and uh Podcast I uh, kit podcast. And Kev Wilson has went, This is a statement, not a question. So one, Kev, we didn't ask for a statement, we asked for a question. Um we did myself and Sean actually encountered uh, Kev at the game on Wednesday night. Me and Sean were just chatting away. <laughs> the boy he just went, Are you Craig? I was like, I don't know why I said die because you could have been anybody. <laughs> um could did, have you sent it, yeah. did you do the podcast? I went, Yes. I was like, This is Sean. Uh, we're here to watch the game, mate, please, no photographs, no photographs. <laughs> Not tonight, we just want to enjoy the game. He was pretty persistent in wanting a photo with us during the game. We repeatedly said no.
1: Um,
0: he then just decided to not talk to us and just listen to our high football and IQ that we shared on Wednesday night, um, before once again asking for a photo and a video to say happy birthday to someone. Again, we said no. So, Kev, it was lovely <laughs> to meet you, mate, but next time, please just let us enjoy the game. <laughs> Pleasure, uh,
2: Kev, and I, I'm, I'm glad they had the Rangers game on as well, kept us well informed
0: of the Rangers result during the game. So
1: Sounds like a top boy.
0: He is. No, he is. I was, I'm, I'm being slightly exaggerating there. Um, he only, only asked for one, only asked one autograph, yeah. <laughs> Um, said that Kenny really showed his worth to the team on Saturday, his defensive defensive work allows Newell to ball out, plus he's looking a lot more comfortable on the ball. Obviously he was listening to me and Sean to have that level of football and IQ as a statement, not a question, but Kev, please be warned, next time ask us a question and don't give us a statement.
1: I'm sure he has asked us a question as well, to be honest, when I went through it earlier on.
0: The next one comes from Jack. Uh, Could Rocky be one of our most important players this season? Not put a foot wrong for me, and I'm definitely a lot more worried when he's not playing. Again, Jack, high high football and IQ there. We've already covered that. Um, Billy. Since the last week in, week out. Yeah, Billy, King of the Twins. Um, the Republic of Ireland League has one game left for the season, with Boyle potentially out for a period of time. Does Stephen Bradley come into the squad now? I'm not sure how the registration works because I don't think him nor Runer Hauge can play until January because their league season ends before the transfer window opens. So even though they're Hibs players, I don't actually think we can re register them until our registration window opens. I
1: wouldn't be surprised to see them both go back out on loan.
0: I think it's make or break for Stephen Bradley, in all honesty. Um, he's going to be twenty-one, probably coming up twenty-two soon. He's no... I'd
1: like. I'd like to see him get involved. I think he's done well out at Dundalk. He scored a few yep, goals, think... but so is another So.
0: Yeah, but they're no. If you're wanting him to go out to the league, like the League of Ireland, you're wanting them to light it up and have. You don't want them just to do well. You want them to tear well, up. He's.
1: Eh? He's not going to get in the team ahead of Martin Boyle, is he? Yeah. So.
0: All right, and I think. Uh, Owen's replied to Billy on that, saying we have a lot of cover before Bradley and Haug, Melkerson, McCurdy, UM with Nisbet returning. Billy's went on the defensive and said that none of the players you mentioned are natural right wingers. Billy, we don't appreciate that kind of hostility here on the. Billy Ramble just track. loves
1: Billy just loves the youth
0: players. Although yeah. I do
2: agree, I do agree with Billy's point that none of them are naturally right wingers, but I also agree with Owen in the fact that none neither of those two should be playing wide right anyway because in my opinion at the moment they're not good enough to be starting for hibbs at right wing um and the players that owen does mention are better in that position at the moment
0: um batman gilmore i don't know if his name's actually batman but we move um neither would make the match day squad i don't think he's in so kind of covers it matt says thoughts on Melkerson. i was pretty impressed with the lad Sean is currently nursing a chubby because Sean wholeheartedly agrees with that opinion. I agree Kev, as well. Kev has also asked, was Saturday our best performance of the season? Starting eleven, subs and tactics were all spot on. LJ is building something good here. Also, will we play the same shape against Aberdeen to at match up with them on Friday? I think we've covered that as well. Yeah,
1: I think well, I right. think, nice I think cool. however how much we were good, St. Mirren were also quite poor. Yeah. I think it was a half decent performance. I think when maybe we maybe played We've played better and got worse results. I yeah, think. the 3
0: sort of clouds a lot of judgment in terms of the overall performance, I think.
1: I think we uh, I think we set up the same way on Friday as well, to be honest. Yeah. The most
0: experienced sketchers wearer that Liam and I both know, Liam Riley, has asked, having played everyone in the league, where do you think the squad is compared to other teams in the league? What's your thoughts on the squad compared to pre-season? And he shared that kind of, how the league table would look without the old firm. Uh, so we're currently on 11 games played, Six wins, one draw, four losses. Four losses for me against non-old thirteens at this stage of the season is pretty pish.
2: That's embarrassing if you ask me.
0: Um, especially the one at home as well.
1: That's yeah. the one that's annoyed me the most is the St Johnston one at home. Especially given how good our record at home has been. you know, when That annoys me
2: consistently year on, year out is our inconsistency in beating the draws of the league.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think definitely the... In comparison for us and the rest of the league, I think the two strongest teams out with the old firm are us and Aberdeen. I feel like we've both got the deepest squads in terms of quality. Um, I think Hearts Hearts are maybe just behind Aberdeen, but you know the, the amount that's, of injuries that they've got... Um, the yeah.
2: When they have a fully fit squad, it is riddled with, with, with quality, unfortunately. But it is, it is all, but I think Aberdeen... Injuries.
1: I think Aberdeen just pipped them on that's not even me just being bitter either i think and you know you've got to take the injuries into account for hearts at the moment but i think yeah it's between us and us injuries the hearts have and none of them are ever
2: to craig gordon unfortunately
0: yeah
1: here's hoping he gets
0: one um what's your thoughts on the squad compared to pre-season i'd answer that in january see where we're come the break um and see where we're maybe come the end of the january window and see what results we've had when we come back for the world cup but thanks Liam and keep on wearing those sketchers, mate, you wear them well. Um, Ewan Stilden has asked realistically how many points should we take home before the World Cup break. We answered that a couple of weeks ago and uh, we're not going to get anywhere near the answers that we've said because we didn't win. We're not gonna Who, is win. It?
1: Who is it we've got? Aberdeen, Kilmarnock.
0: Ross County I think. Ross
1: County is Ross on the Tuesday after we play on
0: Friday. I'll take, I'll take six. Yeah, I think we, need, we need to be under I think we need to win at least one and remain undefeated. I think. Yeah. So you're looking at, I would take a point on Friday. Take I a guess,
1: win. And see, see if we win the next three games, then what does that take us up to? Twelve points out of a possible fifteen. Yeah. Which is a great return when you think about it. Yeah.
0: So. Um, Chelsea McCormack is once again asking, "What date is the calendar available?"
1: first of january 2025 <laughs> do you in shape
0: first no i think we could we could do a, a collab of some sort with somebody
1: Who, like, like lana wolf
0: absolutely not. absolutely not um sorry chelsea stay tuned to the stay tuned to the socials and we'll we'll keep you up to date on when the calendar will be available uh, Hayley's asked, just how good was Rocky on Saturday? Is it to do with the new style we seem to be playing or just better playing in a back three rather than a four? I think for, Rocky's played in a four and a three already this season and he's been equally excellent in both. So I think it's a bit more how he's been brought on um, from being with Johnson and McAllister, et cetera, since the start of the season.
1: I can eat
0: Lewis Connor has asked, who were your standout players from the weekend's game? For me, Miko, Newell and Rocky all stood out. Again, Lewis, you're displaying extremely, extremely good ball knowledge because we've already said that and we've actually highlighted those players in particular. My favourite question every week is John McIntosh asking him what's for tea. If uh, I hear of down-the-slope slandering John for anything.
1: I know. I, yeah, I saw that. I was pissed off about that earlier on. It is tea, right? Better not come for, for my pal John. Tea is what you
0: have at dinner time. Yeah,
1: I, I have my tea.
0: I have my dinner at
1: lunchtime. I have my lunch at lunch time.
2: Yeah. I have my lunch at lunch time and I couldn't you two tosses whether it's a, a tea or a dinner. Still scram.
0: What That's is the tea? Stuff. I think because of the Halloween party that everybody's probably heard going on in my house over the past hour and a bit, I'm going to be having the leftovers of that.
1: I'm not. having, um, the fridge is barren. The food shop's not getting done till tomorrow, so I think I will be raiding the freezer for you want to, and just, everything.
0: Do you want to enlighten us on what you had for your tea the other night? The, the, the way you described it to me was it's the most kunsel of kunselist dinners you could have possibly oh, ever Oh, this
1: is on Saturday. I had two tomato and mozzarella crispy pancakes and six Yorkshire puddings. That is absolutely abysmal. That is that is that is the
0: absolute epitome of waiting for payday. That.
1: No, well, I'd I'd had, mate. I'd been paid. And to be fair, I had no. Well, I had a big KFC. I had a very large KFC order for lunch, and I was like, mm, I can't really be asked like having a big dinner. So I just uh, up here, trolled through the freezer, and there was a couple of crispy pancakes and some Yorkshire poons. I was like, bash, that'll do.
2: Well, so, John, I had a chicken, chicken
0: dal for dinner. You had what? Sorry, Sean. Chicken dal. Is that today with rolled or something? Oh, that is the worst pattern
1: ever. That is the worst pattern ever, Craig.
0: (laughs) Um, John, when you've listened to this, let us know what you've had for your tea. In fact, go and just
1: tweet
0: us every night night and let us know what you've had for your tea, because I quite like to know what other folk have had for my tea, for their tea. Yeah. Um, And then finally, ironically, um, Gav Dick has asked a question. Um, he's put it at the end, he hopes that my gra- the grammar is up to Craig's standards he's wrote the tweet twice and he spelled it wrong twice so, <laughs> no Gav, it doesn't meet my standards, and use is not a word for a start <laughs> whether you use Y-O-U-S or U-S-E use isn't a word um, just start using asks, you a lot what do you think should happen with McCurdy, I think we've answered that jack shit i don't think anything should happen to him um i do th- i do think someone at the club whether it's all will have had a word with him
2: yep. i don't know if johnson will have done anything about it he might not have even got involved in it i do certainly think one or two of the homegrown players will love maybe had a wee chat with him about it um mccurdy has obviously done it tongue in cheek and we move
0: yeah. on you're not allowed to do tongue in cheek when it comes to Hibs. anyway the, unless we've got A.O.B., which stands for Any Other Business, we'll wrap up episode 19 of the Hibs Ramble. Um, if you're going on Friday, enjoy your trip. Thank you. Uh, apart from you, I hope your like, car breaks down halfway up the road and you miss the game. Um, and your booking's cancelled for the night time. I would,
1: I would still get a night out, though, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I hope you don't.
1: I will. I promise uh, you. I will. If you can,
0: Keep following us on our socials if you don't already. Uh, subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Give us a like on five star rating on what is it, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. TripAdvisor. A TripAdvisor, aye. Yeah, TripAdvisor, you idiot. Right, cheers for that, lads. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next week for a review of the sheep thumping. Goodbye, cheers, lads.
1: Cheers. Bye. Bye.